Hey, my name's Louis, and welcome to. I'm just gonna go for it. Hey, I'm Louis, nutritionist and personal trainer, and it's my privilege to welcome you to Between Two Plates, the strength vitality podcast where we discuss everything between gym plates and kitchen plates to do with fitness, nutrition, and mental health. This week, we're joined by the bright brilliance of Dan Ford, teacher and expat living in Hangzhou, China, to discuss a first-hand account of living in China during quarantine. The Pick It Up, Put It Down isolation group serves to bring professionals in their field to you to offer advice in navigating the challenges posed by social isolation. In this episode, you'll get to hear what the reality's been like for Dan and his colleagues and friends, an insight into how China have managed the pandemic and an opportunity for relief as Dan discusses what it's been like assimilating back into normal life. Thank you again, and we really hope that you enjoy the podcast. Fantastic. So I think, are you good to go, Dan? Yep. Thank you so much. Um, so everyone watching, this is, a, this is an extra special one because um, this is going to be an insight into uh, what it's been like, to, hello, uh, what it's been like to live in quarantine, where the measures are probably much more uh, significant and, in, and enforced than uh, we've had to live with in the UK. And maybe to have a little bit of optimism as to uh, where Dan is at now. So Dan is in the Pick It Up, Put It Down isolation support group, and he very kindly offered to do this talk with us to give everyone an insight. And finally, here he is on the other side of the world, but with us right now. Dan, hello and thank you. <laughs> Hello, hey, UK, UK massive. <laughs> Your mum's in the UK, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's she's the one that yeah I keep speaking to her on to her on the uh, on Skype, and she's she's my favourite person because she'll have a conversation down here. <laughs> uh, so I try not to do that. I've got a dodgy chair which keeps loosening, so you might see me like jumping up and down a bit. It's not them slowly censoring you and like pulling you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so Dan, if you could give us a bit of, if you could give us a little bit of a background as to um, where, sort of why you're in China. Um, why? What are you doing? And then also maybe if you could talk a bit, if it's okay, about um, what you said to me when we spoke the other day about that, uh, the quarantine sort of paradox that if you did visit that you'd have ended up with four weeks of quarantine. Yeah, uh, I'm a selfish person, so I'd love to come back. But, you know, <laughs> having done the quarantine already, you know, we're thinking about, I was thinking about taking a holiday back when things had calmed down a bit. But essentially that does mean a, a sort of 28 days of that holiday are some form of quarantine because you get to the UK, you'll be isolated for 14 days. I'll pop see my mum for a day and then I'll spend 14 days back in China doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, that's the state we're in when we're trying to plan for stuff, which obviously people look forward to these kinds of things, which is must, must absolutely suck. Uh, <laughs> when you're trying to think of the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, all those things you plan. So, yeah, what am I doing in China? Uh, I came here just to teach, basically. So uh, I was at a college for a long time. Shout out to the GB Met Massive. Um, <laughs> and I just, just needed to do something a little bit different. I've been in the job for a while. And um, so I was looking around, saw some jobs about the world. And I, I felt like I needed to challenge myself a little bit, do something a bit different. So this job came up. I interviewed for it. It was for drama teaching here. So I was doing, I'm doing drama teaching and also uh, some English 
as well with, with all ages and sort of trainings and all sorts of stuff. Wow. And okay. uh, yeah, I've been here since uh, last May and, you know, everything was pretty normal until obviously, according to the timeline, my timeline, I'm going to speak from my own experience and not okay. try and chuck in speculation or things that I, I don't know because I haven't checked them. Um, my timeline, you know, things started really in January. So um, very scary beginning. Uh, because, this January, you know, right? So 2020, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah, 2020. So uh, Arling, Arling. Chinese, that was some Chinese for you. Please don't check, <laughs> check that. It's perfect. Trust me, that was perfect Chinese. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so January, um, yeah, I got back from England. I went for Christmas. I got back and then it wasn't long. I think it was like the end of January stuff started happening here. And because it was the first place, you know, it was, it was very scary. Don't speak the language very well. Nobody knew what was going on, so it's not like you had any information to go on other than previous things like SARS and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and you know, we were initially we weren't like, we didn't know what to do. So you were getting different reports. Social media was going a bit crazy, and you were hearing all sorts of stuff happening. And you know, it was just it sounded really scary. Everything it sounded scary. It sounded like I think we spoke about it the other day. It's like some kind of zombie apocalypse, you know, and the virus was some kind of red mist that would like get you and then you could convulse and then that would be it. You know, in some some right. sites it would kind of portrayed like this thing, you know, and uh, and so you yeah, we didn't know what to do and we were trying to like go out and do shopping and stuff and then day to day that the, the restrictions were changing. But uh, to be fair to China, they absolutely seem to be once we got the reports through, you know, they really locked down on everything. Um, some of the the things they did here uh they the the houses are kind of arranged already uh in in this city anyway in hangzhou in a kind of like residence area so people coming in um have to go through some kind of a gate or something where there's okay. security already and you know it's one of the safest places i've ever been that's that's there's no wow. you know i don't have to wear my china tin hat for that one which i've made recently. uh <laughs> this is real you know, like, that's true. So, like, yeah, it's really safe um, because of, you know, they've, they've got security everywhere and cameras everywhere. And, you know, you, you just, when you're going through the gate, you just, you know, the security guard will go, all right, and you and get through. Once the, you know, these restrictions started happening, um, they cordoned off other entrances, little entrances and gates so that people, you know, were kind of in these areas that they, they could then monitor. So another of the monitoring devices that was set up were temperature checks um, everywhere. So you, before you go into a shop, you know, sometimes you had to sign something, you get a temperature check, they read you back your temperature so you knew. And oh, they check that, your is that like a, sorry, is that like a, a gun that they're pointing at you to, yeah. They say gun. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a gun, Team America sign. No, it, it was not a gun. <laughs> yeah, like a, Are you hot? <laughs> a medical thing, you know. So like yeah. they, do zap you, um, and then you'd get your temperature read. And one that was a weird, say that was nice in in a way because day to day. I told you this the other day. It's going to be a bit deja vu, but you know, aircon. I got aircon here. Got aircon here, guys. It's fantastic. And um, you know, that's on at night time because it was cold. It was dark at that time. It wasn't particularly nice, raining everything. If you had the heating on a little bit, 
But in the morning, I'd always wake up with a bit of a sniffle because of it. I kind of react like that a little bit. Okay. So every morning I was like, God, you know, like, have I got something? And right. you, all you had to do was go and get your temperature checked. And, and, and at that time, it seemed like that was the way we knew, like, if we were okay or not. That, that was at that point. So we had that. And then uh, taxis and things. Like loads, loads of stuff stopped, you know, like they suddenly, they, like the schools didn't open because we were on Chinese New Year anyway. So people were away for the, their holiday. Okay. And so lots of people got stuck in places, you know, like lots of foreign staff were away at that time and they couldn't come back for a while, didn't know what was going on. Uh, lots of Chinese colleagues were off with their family and got stuck with their family. Can you imagine that? So... <laughs> That, that would be tricky, you know, if you didn't get on with your, you know, your <laughs> right, mum and law or something, father and law. So yeah, they got stuck there, and um, yeah, there was then. Then they started to bring in like um, these this health code that I showed you, like an app on on the phone, and then you yeah. were logging into that, registering your um, health, and that was done in a very like trust thing. You know, you could answer the questions how you wanted, but okay. you know. They, they can obviously monitor, everyone can monitor any phone at any point, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we, you, you're kind of being checked. And then I guess if you've got something, they can monitor your, your movement through that and where you've been. And, you know, the, you also, if you're signing in here or doing this or doing that, if, if you, you know, two weeks later, you've got, you've, you have symptoms, they can kind of trace that back and, and manage it. So it was very strict. We had immediately all the things that are coming in slowly, it seems, in other places. So, you know, uh, fines if you, would, if you were out when you weren't supposed to be. The, the hardest bit, I think, was the point where we couldn't go out for about six days. Like, people have had it worse, but we, in our area, they were managing areas slightly differently depending on the, the cases. So we couldn't go out for about six days, and it was one person shopping for a whole household. So... I was putting backpacks on and stuff to shop for like three of us. Two other people turned up later. Luckily, that was like, because I was, you know, that would be, I'm only little. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, that, that was tricky for a bit. But then, you know, like people coming back, uh, the teachers coming back, um, you know, they were, they were in quarantine for two weeks and some of them had a camera to, to monitor the door so that they, and they weren't allowed to take their trash out. And all these things make you, yeah, that, that's the response is your eyes kind of go like, what? But if a doctor kind of could be in charge of a thing and said, right, you said to a doctor, like, what's the best way to manage contact with people and, and this thing passing on? They probably make all the same suggestions um, that we had. You know, you kind of had to be extra, extra vigilant. And by doing that, maybe we've moved on quicker okay. from things then then you know it kind of the, the situation get really exacerbated and really bad um before these things come in so yeah it was um yeah it was it was a sc it was scary and it was difficult not not knowing you know the language and you know there was a few moments where someone's asking you a simple question but because everyone's tense there's this expectation of tension so you know, there was a few odd moments with people, and there was this guy, this guard, and he just, he's like me, he speaks really loud, like, my, uh, some of my friends really don't like me for this, you know, <laughs> and I'm the one in the pub going, ah, 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 like that, and, um, and he was just talking to me loudly, but I, I felt like he was being aggressive, and then we had a little bit of a funny moment, and then, right. you know, it was all right after that, so the thing that I want to send today is, you know, like, we, we are back to norm, some kind of normality here, 
Um, things are opening, schools are opening, um, bit by bit staggered. And then also, there's also assurances that, you know, these things will be closed if, if something happens. Okay. Um, businesses and things seem to be going back to normal. The traffic's crazy again. Um, restaurants are open, things like that. Even gyms are open. But when you go round, these things are extremely well managed to my eyes, what I can okay. see. Like, you know, I went, I had to go to the hospital just for a, like a medical checkup and they had like heat scanners and things as you went in and everyone wears masks here. It's kind of, you know, it, it's imprinted when you get sick, you will wear the mask to protect others from your right. sickness. So it's a normal thing. So there's none of that kind of like, if I'm wearing a mask, will people think I've got this or got okay. that or, you know, so everyone, everyone's still wearing masks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the long and short of it really. And you know, the community that I've lived in, we rescued a dog and uh, <laughs> I think yeah. we got like, I think we got lonely, like, and I, I'd been avoided because there's stray dogs, stray cats everywhere. And I was like, I was trying to do the old, like not look because you know, you see yeah. a little puppy and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> and we saw, so I think we all needed it, you know, some kind of focus. So we rescued a dog and then the community guy was like, Oh, it's really great. You sort of did that. And then after we did that, it, we've kind of like, even though I've been here for a year, I feel like I'm closest to everybody, you know. Oh, lovely. There was a woman the other day as a next door neighbor. I've been trying to talk to her for ages because she's got <laughs> loads of food in her garden. So I was like, <laughs> by charmer, I could get some of this food. It'd be great. And uh, she, she saw I was like trying to sweep the garden and do stuff. And she, um, she kind of gave me this broom, but in this like very friendly, but kind of don't touch me way. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. I was like, thank you. Have you look, one of the things that um, we spoke about the other day, but has sort of become apparent is this, this sort of dichotomy where I think far, far more prevailing is you've got people coming together in this. Certainly over here, people coming together and working with each other for many different ways. But then you also have this sort of emergence of fear and looking at everyone like uh you are the culprit or you're the you're the zombie and, and there's that element of yeah we're all going to work together but there's also a i can't think of the word almost a judgment or yeah yeah, yeah like a fear of each other it. and has that experience been the same for you over there i i can't i i mean it's normal isn't it i mean people shouldn't we're, we're with this particular type of thing you know, the, the point is that if you're in contact or you're near somebody, then you, there's potential for, for you to catch something. So yeah. it's normal for people to walk away from somebody else and, you know, and for that kind of social boundary to kind of increase more. And, you know, I'm completely guilty of the funny look, uh, you know, behind the mask. And the thing is, when you've got a mask and you've just got eyes, you know, to communicate with, you know, it, you start to really read that. So you're seeing yeah. people just go like <laughs> that, you know, right. and you're like, and so, yeah, there was that here, you know, but with every, everybody really. Um, and because of what's happened in Europe, I would say that I haven't had any prejudice per se, but I would imagine being in the same position where I was in my country and there were lots of cases from another country. And then I saw somebody from another country and these stories would be banging around in my head and I'm scared. So when you're scared, you kind of don't control things as well. 
and I'd probably be a bit like, oh God, like, you know, like that, if so I'm honest, saying that you know. you've had it in China, you've had experiences Recently. where you felt. Yeah, not, not threatened, but like, um, just considered more than somebody else would be. So mm -hmm. when we were getting to the points, it's only been recently as well, but you now the gates started to go, but there's still areas and they sort of just wave people through now and then occasionally check people in certain areas. So, you know, if I'm walking through there and you see it and you see I'm a foreigner, then, and most of the new cases that are being reported here, are brought in by um, foreigners or people coming back. Okay, um, right. So they might go, oh, hang on a minute, I haven't seen him before, come over here, look at the thing. But I've never had anything that I okay, didn't mind, cool. you know, nothing that I've gone, oh, you know, I'm being assaulted here or my liberty's being taken or my freedom or anything. And you've understood that almost wariness. Yeah, completely, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got... It's it's a it's an ex you know the, the time is so it's so extreme, um, so you know for people to be. Oh no! Dan, come back to us. <laughs> bum bum bum. I hope we haven't just lost Dan. Dan, are you there? <laughs> I hope China haven't just stopped your... Oh, I can hear you. We'll give it another 30 seconds. We might have to re... Oh, yes! <laughs> He's back. Well done. I thought that was it. I thought I'd be cut off. That was it. No. <laughs> He's monologuing. I was committed. <laughs> you got come back, Dan. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't know whether I was still on. Just frozen. Just like yeah. I was a there was a bit of frozenness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what yeah, the thing? I think that's been great. You know, like seeing yourselves and lots of people doing loads of cool things. And I'm sure it's cliche now, but I hope that stays when everything goes back to normal. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I definitely feel like one of the positives has been I feel like Facebook has become a place where I can go again because it got to the point where I couldn't see any more of the this is what I'm eating for dinner shots or the <laughs> I'm in I'm in Paris with some wine only half a glass left oh dear like you know and those kinds of things and the selfies where you know, someone's asleep and they've taken a photo of them like looking like they're asleep. I was like, I can't <laughs> look at them um, and now it's filled, you know, Facebook's filled with just all these people, creative people doing, like having the time finally, finally to do all these cool things. So that's been, yeah, that's been really nice to, to be able to like go back and, and, and see it and sort of share stuff. And yeah, at the risk of like a, um, at the risk of a team America moment, do you think, so comparing how, um, how we've been looked after, <laughs> Speak carefully. So if you, do you think that in, where in China that they have looked after people in a similar way that they have done in the UK? And how would you maybe, off the back of that, compare the interventions? Uh, and you've already touched on that between China and the UK. Well, I'm going to stick to first-hand knowledge. That's the safest for me. Appreciate that. Um, 
my the tr what what I've experienced has been from the community. You know, they bought us masks, they bought us hand sanitizer. The woman kept in contact with us. Work-wise, we had to fill out daily like reports about our health, and we got emails. Um, and yeah, as I say, the neighbours were great in terms of a wider organisation dealing with everything. I don't think. Um, I, I'm not a massive government fan, so I can, you know, see that governments ha haven't been ready for whatever reason. And, you know, there was lots of preventable things that, you, you know, that shouldn't have, shouldn't Is have happened. Is this China really. or the UK? I'm, I'm opening it to everybody okay. for safety. Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, I think like, I think it's one of those things that we're living in a part of history that people will study in in a hundred years time if David Attenborough saved us from the potential uh, apocalypse. Um, and I think that's when we'll know about, you know, what governments did and what they didn't do, um, hopefully anyway. Um, normally it seems like in history it's a longer period, quite a long period of time. They wait for everyone to die out before the, the real truth comes out about <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's comparable things happening. You know, in the UK when I'm looking at, when I'm hearing stories, because these are all my direct experiences here, you know, it's, it's difficult to read news here based on the fact that I can't speak Chinese. So I could right. read some new stuff and I was looking at stuff on CNN and, and places like this, but they were really, you know, chucking in loads of unnecessary language into the news reports and really like sensationalizing everything. Okay. And so I can go on the stories that I've heard about the UK, which a friend of mine was work, working in a pharmacy and, you know, like, some you know they did, didn't have masks and they, they were letting people into the pharmacy still whereas here you know people were had to be outside and like or they could just order stuff from outside so people weren't touching and touching everything and then going home so okay. i feel like the guidelines were there for europe very quickly but they weren't i don't know why they weren't followed that's what okay. spun me okay. out about the uk in terms of china seems like they've had you know experiences with this before so they might have been more ready but then you know i've watched speeches from obama and other people talking about this thing you know a few years ago whatever going this this sort of thing's going to happen these this is what we need to do right. so it's a bit weird you know i even think of like the premier league like stop it like or you know in cricket I know cricket's boring. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose like that. But you know they have a system for when something goes wrong. Right. They go, right. The race going to rank like we do the Duckworth Lewis system or something. You know. And then football, like they were just like, oh no, it's going to. You know, like surely you think about these these things have been been there before that something might happen where we can't do this. So yeah, I'm deflecting to football and cricket <laughs> away from something. More dangerous uh, because I'm not, you know, I, don't, I haven't studied politics. Like I read yeah. stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you? How have the How have the government communicated with you? So over here, it's been we have briefings every day at five o'clock, or you have a letter from Boris Johnson. That was cool. Um, how, with your, for yourself, how have the Chinese government communicated with you? 
they normally release like a statement and then work will uh, pass it on or there's okay. some WeChat groups which is basically like the equivalent of Facebook Messenger or something where the groups you know expat groups or other groups will be posting this stuff translated I think right. you, oh, you froze it. are you still there uh, so yeah they, they, we get these reports and things and they're pretty straight forward to follow you know it's particularly because I'm a teacher I'm looking at when the schools are opening and they've been going you know, no schools can open till this point. If you're found doing this, you'll be fined, blah, 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 blah. And I think I told you that the kind of the, what's ingrained here for whatever reason, um, you know, they say, they say, tell you, the Chinese governments go, you know, guys, don't do that. Everyone's like, yep. Uh, <laughs> but in the UK, it's like, you know, can you please not do that? I was like, ah, you know. Challenge you know, accepted. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to do that more. So the, right. you don't get everyone like that, but it's been, been more like that because of the sort of different, different freedoms we have, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Have you found it easy to... Um, so one thing that was surprising to me, and this is obviously because I am a totally naive to this. I've never been to China. And you were talking about Facebook and, and WeChat. And I was like... I'm really surprised, CNN, I was like, I'm so surprised that you can watch these things over China because we have this belief that it's so censored. Um, has that been, <laughs> you're like, move questions on. <laughs> have you found that it's been easy staying in touch with what is going on over here? And is the idea that generally we have of censorship over there probably incorrect? We have, a, there's a thing called a VPN. Yes. So I don't have one. I, I use magic. Could like, you explain it to, to people if we don't know what one is? God, this is made, oh, this is this could be put in a court of law. This is evidence I'm giving you now. Oh no, so, don't then. No, Talk no, I'm about joking, it. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. So yeah, <laughs> VPN basically tells tells your computer, you put it in your computer that it's somewhere else so that you can access the things that are somewhere else. So what I used to do with Netflix was when I got bored of the UK stuff, I'd tell my computers in America and then you get like loads of cool series that you'd watch. That was the, that's the basic use of a VPN. So it doesn't mean you can access things and you know, people have it out here like, um, but yeah, every country has a different way of controlling information or censorship. Some Sounds like you might be about to be censored. <laughs> No, Dan, come back. <laughs> this is a bit spooky. <laughs> Let's all cross our fingers that Dan does come back uh, and maybe we change the subject. <laughs> this is super, super interesting. Um, and very reassuring. Yes, he's back. Fantastic. <laughs> no, Dan. Cool, he's back. Maybe we need to change the subject. <laughs> Do you reckon that was it? Yeah. It would be worse than that. It would be worse than that. Would be Have you had, and so, but has your access to, however, whichever means, do you still have access to Western yeah. media and? Yes, and, and this is where we can cut to what could be the shortest PowerPoint presentation ever made. Yes! So I was thinking about stuff, you know, like people, you know, if they're watching this, probably have made their minds up within a couple of seconds, looking at my face, listening to my annoying voice, whether that I'm trustworthy or not. Uh, my friends, I've got some friends that trust me and then other people that probably don't. So I was just thinking about this idea, you know, what can I say? 
other than opinion, you know, to add to all the other opinion that might be of help. So um, first thing was like, let's go straight to this idea of sort of information. So I'm going to try the screen share thing. Let's do it. We're going to blow your mind. Get your mind blown. <laughs> so I think I'll do it like that. Boom. So we're yeah, sharing a screen, screen right now. <laughs> yes. You can see your screen. Cool. So uh, here's the unnecessary intro. Oh, I can see my I can see your face as well. So at the same time. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a teacher. So <laughs> Please don't switch off. I've, I've this is amazing. This is incredible. <laughs> you hear that? Just. <laughs> it's very quiet. It is very quiet. Is it really quiet? Yeah. So yeah, I just used a tiny bit of music because I didn't know what your rights were with like playing music. <laughs> so uh, the thing I think uh, when I was like uh, all alone, um, you know, you're looking at all these sources of information uh, and you're trying to work out, you know, in a state of panic. So you're looking for somebody to tell you what to do um so what i noticed was a lot of stuff that was getting posted was kind of just nonsense you know there was we had loads of stuff from like some kind of herbal rem remedy from some random person you know saying oh this is how you beat the virus you know smash up four garlics then jump around in a half full moon and blah 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 <laughs> and it's like and people are reposting that do, 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 and then yeah. you know this other stuff going on that was much more scary than that so uh having taught for a bit like one of the things that we do you know if someone's talking about something in an academic way is you just you, you have to say well like where did you get your information from like and is it a reliable place like can we trust yeah. this place where you got it from so here's our favorite man I made the screen a bit more orange, just so that's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. No, that's not fair. Unreliable of me. So when I think when you're looking at like sources of information, you've got to have just a set of questions. First thing, I think a lot of people just post stuff on without watching the thing or reading the thing. They'll see a headline. It's the, the way we live now, you know, it's like this. So they see something and they just go, right, bang that on. And, and don't look at it, you know, don't assimilate that, what, what, what that is. So yeah. um, one of the things I would say is, you know, first of all, the source, where are you getting it from? Is it a first person source? Is it someone you know? Or is it somebody else? You know, what is, what's their intention? Is it, if it's a site that you can go to, who is paying for this site? What's, is there money involved? Are there adverts involved in this thing? Um, you know, that you can check to go, well, there's a different intention or a bias there that they're trying to sell something or do something political, maybe. Okay. Um, do they have skills? See, I've used Z there to make it more street for the kids. Um, <laughs> skills, you know, is like, 
can you trust this source? How are they credited in any way? Have they got any certificates that you could look up and check to see if they're legit? If it's a doctor, what kind of doctor is this person? Um, is there anything on the site that corroborates this? Do they have an email or contactable information? You know, so you can trace that to a, like a LinkedIn page or a professional site or something like that. Um, with the paying the bills as well, you know, the, the type of website, dogorgs.edu, blah, 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 blah. Where, what is it? Is it a business? What, what kind of place is it? And then when you're, if you're on a site or you're on a page, you know, do they have the tech? Is basically, do they, is the, the site something which functions well? So you're going on the site and are there things, is everything working on that site? Is the page up to date? I've seen stuff posted from like 10 years ago saying it's today. That happens quite a lot. These, this stuff gets regurgitated. You probably see like these things on Facebook, you know, we like, I saw that two years ago, like it's happening now. So check dates, check function, like, is it functioning well as a thing? Um, and then the key bit with, with, I think the news where the news has gone full Anchorman two uh, is um, what are they saying and how are they saying something? Now, news, you know, there's always going to be a, a measure of, of, you know, um, bias because they are choosing to tell the story and editing the story in a certain way. You can't be completely impartial. I don't know how you do that. Like, so then you look at, like, what language are they using in these um, news stories? And I saw stuff, you know, like big news corporations using these words like ignorant and this and that and this very, like, this language is just not appropriate to trying to relay information. It's trying to push you towards thinking a certain thing. So that's the thing I think, you know, rather than seeing something and immediately going, oh my God, post that, blah, 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 that, check it. And then when you check it, then maybe you'll go, oh, I don't, you know, you understand it more, you dissect it a bit more, you'd be like, well, actually, I'm not scared by that anymore because that's not actually reliable. That due diligence um, is important for yourself. But also, yeah. it's important to do that before you then click that share button, right? <laughs> I think you, people have got to take a bit more responsibility. I've heard something about Facebook trying to do that recently. Was it today or something? They were going that they um, might be doing something about people sharing false news and false information. Brilliant. Which stirs up a whole other question about the internet and freedom and blah, blah, blah. But there does seem to feel like there has to be some something in place to go, yeah, man. this is nonsense. Otherwise, people keep believing the world's flat. Like, <laughs> if I'm wrong, like, I'll look so stupid now. And if it is flat, like, yeah, but <laughs> it's just like, it feels like there's no progress sometimes with some of the, the ways we think about things. Um, <laughs> so there's that. The other thing, uh, very quickly, is I think thinking about stuff, you know, if you, you're listening to information, I've got a lot of friends that have suffered from health anxiety are worried about going to work. They feel pressured that they have to go in. They don't feel like, um, they, you know, massive self-esteem hit if they see their other colleagues going in and doing something and they're not doing something because they've got a legitimate fear about okay. coming somewhere, then bringing something back to their family. It's totally legitimate to feel like that. You know, I'm right. not saying people shouldn't be going doing these things, but these, when you go and help people or volunteer or do these things, you also need to think that there needs to be these very diligent systems in place for managing 
sanitizing hands, masks, gloves, blah, 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 and, and see, you, I'd want to know that what, what the process was before. And I'm not like a, what's the hypochondriac or anything yeah. like that. I just want to know that how it's going to work. And then I go, okay, I'm happy to come in and do that. If that's the process and it looks safe. But um, it's then this idea of like, well, work's not telling me what to do or they're telling me this, the government's telling me to do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, people telling stories like they're, it's like you're in a pub and people, someone's going, oh, I heard this, I heard that. You should do this, you should do that, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just think if I was in a, in a pub and I had three people sat with, having drinks with, and there was a government official, there was a doctor, and there was, um, I don't know, like a counsellor, and two of those people um, that I know were saying to me, don't do this. I would rather listen to them and take responsibility from them than somebody, government maybe, that's got a different, not like a different motive, I don't want to go crazy, but like, yeah. you know, they, they might not have the same information about stuff. So people taking responsibility, when I started taking responsibility here and, and stopped listening to what I was supposed to do and started to think about what I could do, like, what can I do now? Like, I can do this for myself, I can go and help this person, I can do this, do that. I just felt better about the situation. And it's, I'm making it sound like it's easy, it's not easy. Like, Was there a transitioning very- moment that you were aware of that? Or did you have to sort of seek out that? Because I think you do, like you were saying the other day, it puts us in this parent, government is parent, we are the children. And you begin to go, okay, tell us what to do. And then when yeah. the guidelines are a little bit loose, so you can exercise for all, people then have to interpret. Do you, did you yeah. have a moment where you were like, okay, that's very clearly what I need to do. Or you took that on yourself and were like, right, I'm going to own this for myself. I want to sound like a hero and say it was all myself, but I think that because it was so clear here. Okay. It, it was so clear. It was, it was easier. It's easier. You, if your parents going, you're grounded and you're like, okay, like I'm grounded. I can't go out. So yeah. I don't, you know, now we're going, we were allowed to go out and we, and we did, we've been able to go out and have meals for a, like a th- few weeks now, I think. And I think the first time we went out, just the experience of it was very uncomfortable. You know, I, I think I told you, we went to this place and, you know, you got your sandwich and there's people with masks and gloves delivering it. And you're like, this is lovely. <laughs> you've got like someone like coughing over there and, you know, and it's, so you're, when you go and get to do these free things, it's just, I want to say common sense, but then you look around the world, you're like, well, I don't know if that's like a, a thing that everyone recognizes in the same way. So the guidelines should be clear. You know, I think keeping it as clear as possible stops okay. the stupid people from doing stupid stuff and i still feel like as, as uh, 1984 as it sounds like the government should, should be saying this is what you've got to do uh until we've completely not nailed it but got the cases down so low that if something if the cases went up a bit we can go back to that state rather than oh we can all go back to work oh no we can't blah, blah, blah. right you know i think <laughs> that would be worse for me psychologically yeah. having like oh i'm all right oh no we're not all right you know mm. then giving you it sort of incrementally or, or bit by bit what was the so, so with the you mentioned that sort of january that you're aware of this sort of chatter on social media when was the what was the timeline between being aware of it and then the government taking action in your experience in my experience yeah thank you um <laughs> january 
20 something, I think. I can't remember the t exact timeline, but it was quick. It felt like we had a week maybe where I wasn't sure what was going on. And then in the second week, things were happening like and it was that was part of the scariness of it and you know when you did your eyes early when I'm telling you stuff it was that you know these gates going up and you're like what the hell's going on and it makes it more scary you know like yeah. but you know very vigilant um so yeah it wasn't wasn't long before we were told what to do okay, okay in that cool. timeline okay um Dan are you still using your screen share I am Okay, I love it. I'll, I'll let you get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry. no, no, I've finished. I've finished. So I'm just trying to stop the share, but. Oh, I see. <laughs> I can't stop it. I can't stop it. Oh, hang on. There we go. Stop share. So, yeah. No, that there was it. Just four slides. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> <I've> been... <laughs> what was the. Um, has the language barrier proved? Because I know you said that a lot of information gets disseminated through to from government to your employers and then to you. Has the language barrier proved a challenge for you with like your neighbours as uh, other than interpreting what the government are telling you to do? So in general, getting around. I'm I'm amazing at mime, so <laughs> I, I I I think sometimes I think I'm speaking Chinese, but it's so tonal. <laughs> that I realised actually, I'm just mime. Like I did it the other day. We, we asked for something. I can't remember what it was. Like taking something away from a restaurant, and I was said the word four times. And then on the fifth go, I was like, you know, did my whole like <laughs> theatre training at them. Like we got a box. <laughs> like that. And she's like, oh yeah. Uh, so that's not been a problem. And uh, you know, I've kept nice with the neighbors as much okay. as possible really like well I, I mean yeah they're nice a lot of them are nice and i knew i was speaking to them before so some of them spoke a little bit of english and i try a bit of broken chinese here and there um so yeah that, that i haven't i wouldn't say i'm getting lots of information about things because i think i think the information is magic managed in such a very straightforward way right here that what I know is what someone I work with knows at the set, uh, cool. you know, and there's no, not much more discussion other than this is the rule. And you're like, okay. Um, so yeah, I haven't got any dirt or gossip. That's what you're <laughs> And did you, have you guys had the, so we've had like the shortages of like pasta or toilet roll. Well, not shortages, but that bulk. <laughs> that was so, that was have you so had that over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Toilet roll, no, that was amazing. Yeah, what what's happened? Like, what are you gonna do? What? How are they fighting it with toilet? I don't understand that. It's I fine. Care. I think the people that have bought by have now like they've now got a house full of toilet roll and another house full of toilet roll, and yeah. then we're back to normal. But the government the whole time were like, guys, chill. We've got so much toilet roll. <laughs> like, <laughs> but people are crazy. Like, people are crazy. You just go on TV and see all the stuff we put on TV. You know, people are crazy. So, I think the government here was just like one person per household there's only so much you can take home with you you know so that was put in so quickly that there wasn't maybe that would have happened if they they'd been relaxed about that you know they would have just gone people would have just gone and bought stuff we, i went to like a it's like a walmart or something and the only thing i think that was it was the freezers were a bit empty because people are getting okay food, thinking they might have to freeze it for a long time and then fresh fruit and veg for a bit was tricky but 
again, I'm chatting up my neighbour, so she's got stuff in the garden. So she's, um, I'm not chatting her up, she's, yeah, but uh, she's got, you know, she was giving me like, you know, bits and bobs, vegetables and stuff, some of it. I mean, it was just grass, like, I swear to you. I think she's <laughs> getting away. There's one thing I was just like, that's just grass. She's like, oh, have this. So I was like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. How long were you in the, the period of what we might define as quarantine? And was that whole period, was it staggered or was it always you are now on for six days? Only one of you can leave the house every six days. Six days. Yeah, six day thing that was on for about three weeks, I think, okay. for us. And the areas are different. Uh, different okay. areas were a bit stricter. So, uh, but for us, it was about three weeks, maybe a little bit longer. And then, um, then we were allowed to go out every couple of days. Then we could go out. One, someone could go out once a day, or you could go out once a day, or something. Yeah, one person could go out once a day, and then. Um, then we had to keep showing the code and then we had to say where we'd been um, traveling from, like what we'd gone and done. And, and this then, is the code on your app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just sort of said to us, you know, just come, come and go. And now I'm at the point where, you know, the guys at the gates don't, don't really look at the, the code anymore. Like they'll just check it once in a while. But, um, you know, maybe it's a trust thing. Maybe they just like, you know, we'd say if, if they were what would you do if you got an orange code or red code or you're ill? You'd go, you'd go to the doctors with me. Like, yeah. that's what I would do. Have you so, still, um, sorry. Carry on there. still had the same access to things like healthcare or um, stuff like that? Yeah, so as I said, I went to the hospital for, for like a medical examination and uh, got stuff done so quickly because people didn't want to go to the hospital at okay. that point. So it was kind of perfect for me because I went in and out, did loads of stuff in about an hour, but yeah still got access to that and but as i say from what i'm hearing i i've interviewed a few people in preparation for this interview so i spoke to a principal uh english guy who actually grew up uh or, or studied in brighton where i where i'm from and um i'm trying to sound cool i'm more from shoreham i was born in brighton, <laughs> brighton yeah i'm bright boy you know yeah and, uh, and uh he he was saying you know his wife's still in france uh, his daughter was a trainee nurse and his son was a nurse as well. And they took out, this is in the UK, you know, she left the train, they said to the trainee scheme, like, obviously you don't need to be here anymore, but she got the coronavirus, like from being there for too long, maybe, Boy. you know, they should have done something about it. And uh, I think she's okay, like he was saying, but the, his son works in a GPs and they don't have any, uh, is it PPE? Is that what we're yeah. calling it? Like the protective stuff. So he doesn't have any of that. It's only people in the, in the hospital. And as I say here, like you, I'm all, I basically all, I've been ordering masks and I've been trying to send them back to the UK, but whether that's, they're going to get there. And if they do get there, whether they're going to be distributed or not, I just okay. don't know. Um, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty that's... normal in what? terms of healthcare. Yeah. Have you, um, um naturally again our experience of what's happening in china is through the news and it, and the news is generally quite a uh, fear instigating thing not all the time what i mean do you has fear been an emotion that you've sort of felt at any point during this and if not what emotions sort of have have any have any emotions taken you by surprise and are there emotions that if people are looking now like bloody hell dan we've now got three other weeks of our lockdown are you like look these things might crop up this is how i dealt with it yeah, well, I basically, I interviewed a few people, so they've gone out, and these are Chinese colleagues and um, other people, 
on them on my little Huawei phone. Um, oh. Not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, and yeah, people, a lot of the Chinese staff talk about cooking. They're like, it all, all, it's all about food and like how fat they are getting. That's the main focus. They were like, don't get fat. Uh, <laughs> don't go to bed too late. Um, self-cooking, because there's a lot of ordering food here. So they, they were like just banging on about food, my, uh, a lot okay. of them, which was quite funny. <laughs> um, a colleague of mine, or not really a colleague, I sort of went to a couple of things they hosted, was talking about teaching online and gave me some recommendations. So if anyone's got any questions about some sources for teaching online, some ideas and things like that, she sent me some stuff. Um, and her experience was she was with her family when she was away. So she, she I think she had quite a nice time of it. Okay. She gets on with them. Um, other things. Yeah, more cooking. I mean, it's mainly cooking, mate. That's why I was hoping <laughs> to get some gritty stuff. For me, uh, I, I think the main thing I found was, and this has been said already by, I think, the when you had the councillor on and it's been spoken about a lot is this idea of a schedule because you're basically your your whole life is about working to some some kind of schedule with work and when you don't have that it's very difficult as if you've been self-employed you're probably a bit more used to it because you're kind of never feel like you can relax if you need money because you don't know when you can have a break have you right. done enough work are you going to get money next month so it's kind of that kind of feeling um and a lot of aimless walking. Like, I do remember a moment when, when we started doing workouts and stuff, but I remember I was, like, on the roof, and I just had no objective with my day. Like, I didn't know what to do. And I've got all the things written down somewhere, but I didn't know where I was going, what I had to do. So right, okay. I just did a circle. I, was, I remember I was walking in a circle. My leg hurt because I, I was just <laughs> going around my way. I was like, Dad, you've got to stop this. And when you're reading news stories, I think the biggest, biggest thing for me is creating a narrative. So you see something, you, you know, it's like that moment when you have an argument with someone or they act in a certain way and then you create. And if you're very creative and you're in an extreme situation, your baseline, your stimulus for that story, that narrative is already pretty high. So it, go, it can only go crazy. So I remember having these complete, you know, full length movie feature film things about oh god this is going to happen this is going to happen this is going to happen and getting you know that feeling of anxiety and fear from from telling myself a story that i didn't have to tell myself at that point and i don't know how you fix that i'm not counselor like yeah. but um it's trying to be aware of it and, and as soon as you start mate or you catch yourself in the middle of it just just try and be objective and go well why am why am i doing why am i doing okay, that cool. now like why am i making myself feel, feel bad now why don't i save this rational fear in a in a crazy situation for a moment when i might need to think in this way you know rather than i'm on the roof you know having a cup of tea so it's going to be difficult for people i think you know day to day i found it was a bit of a roller coaster until okay. we had a schedule so once we had a schedule i got up i forced myself to get up at like seven in the morning um and then i'd i'd have like I read this thing, NASA thing, Love Space, and the, the astronauts were talking about having two schedules. So like this fixed thing that you do, and then this kind of other thing, this overall thing that you might do if you're stuck up in space for ages. So, oh, hold on, uh, what do you I, mean? What, go on, tell me more about that. What, what are these so things? astronauts, what they'll do when they're up in space is um, 
they will write uh, two schedules. Uh, one schedule will be kind of jobs that they need to do, daily jobs. And then the other schedule they write is more is a more long-term goal. So if they're up there, they might be um, looking at plant species and looking okay, at right. like paper. So I had these two things going on. So I didn't feel bad if I didn't meet... The, if you put everything on, on, on a piece of paper and you go, oh my God, I haven't done that today, it, it just makes you feel bad. Like yeah, stuff, right. You know? So if I if I made it the easy one of just like you've got to have breakfast, then you've got to go and do a little bit of a workout, then you've got this, 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 and I'll be like tick tick cool. And then if I have time or I want to be motivated to do something else, I started making a load of stupid videos which I showed you. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got creative, you know. I just started making stuff because it made me feel happy to like make silly videos for people to cheer them up. So I started getting really on on doing that as an extra thing. And I started writing that down as things that I've done rather than not acknowledging that I'd actually done something. Okay. Because again, it's this work state and this relaxation state. We're in this state where maybe we're not working as much, but you can still count that as work if you want, because you're doing something really nice, you know? Yeah, man. Like, so that was my main way of, of dealing with it. And I was lucky, you know, I had two other people in the house at that point that we could share this with. Okay. And, I can only imagine if you're on your own, you know, if you know someone on your on their own and they live near you, like my mum's on her own, but the neighbours have been really good. My friends have been really good. Pop round, drop something off for her and she does the same for other people. It's, it's maintaining that like human contact because the Skype thing's cool. But I, I found as soon as I came out, hit, I like went out for dinner and then I met a couple of people that I hadn't seen because I was with the same two people for like six weeks or something. Right. It's just like, it felt really, you got like a kick off just having a different kind oh, of yes. or a different laugh, you know? So, so random strangers talking, you know, talking to you the other day, like not having met you properly, you know, it was just like, it was a real nice feeling of like someone random that we'd, it, normally it'd be like an awkward, like, oh, hello, you know, but sharing <laughs> something, it, it was, it was, it, it's a really nice experience. So, yeah. So on that then, discussing almost the light at the end of the tunnel, what other things can people look forward to which, you might, which we might have taken for granted before and then when we come out of this lockdown or quarantine, we'll be like, oh, wow, that happened. Every, everything. I think yes. everything. Yeah, I think everything because you just, you know, like one of the things, it, it was like I used to talk to my friends in a certain, we talked to each other in a certain way. We've known each other for years and it would be jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes. I've had better conversations with them than I've ever had in my life. Nice. When you come out and you get to see them, it's just going to be so, it'll be so nice. You know, going and having like an ice cream, just all these, I sound like a dog, going and having an ice cream. <laughs> Hot summer's day. <laughs> uh, you know, it just, yeah, all of that is just like brilliant. Um, how long do we hold on to that for? I don't know. Like maybe two weeks later, everyone's working and it goes back to normal. But um, yeah, you'll as soon as you start getting stuff back you'll really yeah you'll really appreciate it and you'll realize that you can you can deal with loads of stuff like you can deal with these really difficult situations and you don't have to you know you, you haven't gone crazy you haven't completely lost it or you've done this or you've done that um i hope i know it's not as easy as that for everybody but um you know people that i've known that have suffered very severe um health anxiety are saying like, I've got health anxiety now. And I'm like, no, you don't. You've, you've got a valid anxiety and you're living 
in your 10 years ago when the the reason for you being anxious wasn't as valid as the one today like you don't have to go back there and think you can't and, and they're doing all these cool things and i just want people to go you know yeah you're anxious but you're still doing this you're still doing that you're still functioning so okay cool yeah and are you at the position now sort of what your life is like now is it you've still got barriers in the streets but i know you said you're in an almost a gated community you've got some security there on a if you could put it on like a sliding scale of like back to normal and freaking quarantine the everything how close would you say that you are now to being back to normal and is that reflective of most of china uh i don't know about my yeah i don't know about most of china i think along the border with russia i think it'll be different because there are people traveling back there okay. don't really know uh but here it's like seven i'm gonna give it a seven um I mean, I had a very normal night last night. You know, it was, there's a slight confine to it. So you, you've still got the marsh, you go in the cab, there's plastic, there's a plastic sheet to separate you sometimes from the driver. Didn't have to show the health codes that, you know, or anything, but we sort of got there. People approach you with masks or ask you for food and drink, and then you mm -hmm. have it. But then we took ours off. We've been living together. And within this little mini community that we'd set up, which was about 10 meters squared or something, we had the most normal time, you know, and I didn't, we didn't talk about the virus, we didn't think about the virus. So awesome. I guess it's a moment by moment thing, but in general, we're giving it a 7.14. Wicked. <laughs> and is there anything, going back to this quarantine measure, was there anything that you actually surprised yourself that you maybe enjoyed about quarantine or lockdown? Yeah, not working. Not working. <laughs> Well, I don't understand, you know, you're not working, people. I know, like, some people have to back, but I was working for, a, you know, a company, and before I went away for Christmas, like, I was doing so much stuff. I was going all over the place, and so I'm, I'm working online. I'm working, I'm teaching online, but it was not going in the taxi. Like, I, did, I got into the, that thing where you go, how much time am I spending in a taxi per week? Right. How much am I spending per month? If I live to be a hundred years old, do 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 do, and you're like, oh my god, like it's so not having to make these taxi journeys and just being able to like work from home and be motivated to do it. My lessons got better for some reason. I don't know why I got they got better by having to do something differently and That's not being awesome. comfortable. So be, I used to be a bit comfortable, but like, oh, we do this, do this. But then I had to go right. How I'm going to make make this work online? And at first, it was very like oh, not good. And then recently, it's kind of improved because I had to find other tools like you know zoom and these style things to make it a bit more interesting it's made me work a bit harder but yeah i'm working for myself a bit more so okay cool yeah it's good, good. do you think you'll change anything about your life when that maybe stuff you've learned from quarantine when you go back to that 10 out of 10 normal will i change anything i will try not to put on a beer belly again because <laughs> got to the point where i look like et <laughs> like there's a photo of me pointing at something and you see it from the side profile and it's like <laughs> like that so we were doing workouts you know we were doing like this these zumba things this is woman this american woman one that i love which is like okay guys let's all dance okay she doesn't change her voice the whole time and it's like dance, boxing and stuff so doing all that was you know great so i want to stay fit um yeah that's definitely something and the, the most important thing is i just want to like 
I've been joking a lot, but you know, having just have some more conversations where maybe I'm not winding people up by making a joke at the end of everything. I think they'd appreciate that, especially in the <laughs> videos, like I said. So having these conversations, feeling a bit more, yeah, sort of, yeah, kind of feeling all right in yourself because you spend a lot of time with yourself in quarantine, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, you do. You, you you kind of come. To, you know, you're not lit. You you kind of have a chance to sort of think about some stuff and be be a bit more e at ease with yourself. So yeah, that's been that's been quite positive and something I'll try and keep hold of definitely. If if the government were like, hey Dan, uh, we're about to go back. So you're back to normal, and then six months down the line, all right, right, we're going to go into quarantine for the next six weeks. Would you prepare differently for it as to what you've done this time? Yes. Uh, I would I would get low. I mean, I'd be okay with doing that. Like, I, I, I really would be ready to do that if that's cool. what it takes to protect people. Like, there's no problem for me. Um, I would be getting, like, fresh fruit, fresh veg, cooking up, vacuum packing it or something that's maybe more mm. ethical and not so wasteful. I'd just stock up a bit of, on, on some stuff, not toilet rolls. Um, I would be preparing a longer-term schedule and some ways of, of managing things. But I think it's easy because I think we don't – I haven't had this like you've had with each other in the UK. Like, we, we, I haven't had groups or sharing right. things through WeChat. It doesn't work the same way. You can message each other, but you can't really do this kind of thing as easily, mm -hmm. conference calls and stuff. So I definitely want to set up some stuff like you've done, you know, um, because it just gives you – just feel you feel a bit more empowered by it and it feels like yeah, you're man. doing something rather than just receiving something which i can't handle that kind of feeling of like you know just being told what to do and what you know so yeah but i'd be yeah that's the kind of thing the other thing i regret a little bit is not writing to people immediately about what was going on here in a very I was very English, I feel, about how I was writing to people, you know, well, don't worry, but this and that, and it's a bit strict and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I could have taken more responsibility at the beginning because I ended up posting something on Facebook, actually, um, eventually when I started to see that people weren't really listening to what, what the right. government was saying. So maybe, I, you know, I would, I would have done that differently okay. and gone just straight away, you know, bang, don't do this, don't do that, it's going to kick off. But that's hindsight, isn't it? Because I didn't. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. I really didn't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's tricky though, isn't it? Because you, even you saying that, and then if we go back to what you said before about it, that sort of where do people get their information from? It's um, like you can have a thousand people like yourself being like, guys, this is what's going on over here. You really need to take it seriously. You need the government to have that that the back of what you're saying over here. Mm -hmm. Be like, yes. Because otherwise people yeah. will use the government's latency to be like, well, yeah. fair enough you're saying that, but we need mum and dad to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, but I think like, yeah, you, I would just urge people to just go straight to a source, a doctor or somebody that they know and, and just take that as verbatim if cool. they can, like, or take two or three opinions from someone and not wait for certain things. The three-week... Uh, extension that you've got now on the quarantine that's I, I mean I'm this is again hashtag not a doctor not a, not qualified so you know yeah. don't listen to me but um, it's gonna be longer than that if you're following a model there was a I, I followed like there was this French doctor that 
um, was over here and he sent his family back and he went and worked, you know, in Wuhan, like, okay. and he was re releasing this, his ideas about, based on SARS, so it's based on something else, historical, it's like, this is what happened here, this was the time frame, so expect these things to happen, and I tell you what, it's been pretty bang on, he, he's, he predicted a kind of, maybe a possible resurgence or peak around maybe so that was the end of the uh what we have as the recording of the podcast which is really frustrating because <laughs> obviously dan hasn't finished speaking we could have gone on and on and on um but we managed to get most of the juice out in that podcast and i really hope that you guys enjoyed it too because it personally felt massively reassuring like many of the people we've had on to speak but to have an account of somewhere which has been in the media certainly blown up to the extremes of what we could expect and to know that they are in a better place they see light at the end of the tunnel and then to manifest that into our own uh, sort of future and to know that we'll get through this is really an important thing and to hear it from someone like Dan who is um, he is an expat he's from here his mum lives over here and he's very honestly put it to us was lovely and again if you guys have any thoughts absolutely let us know if you have any questions for Dan then please get in touch with me and I'll, I can put that through and, and put you into contact with him uh, Dan also did mention and I'm not sure if you caught that but Dan did mention if you need any help with teaching materials they'd be happy to help so Again, a lovely, lovely podcast. Thank you for listening and really jacked to speak to you all next week. Pow.